Guys, five movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You are listening to episode thirty-one of the Spin Chagrin, and last week's categories was lasers in historical settings. So, Frank, what did you come up with for this? So tonight we are going to talk about the sixth installment in the Sharknado franchise, <laughs> called the Last Sharknado: Colon It's About Time. Jesus, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm looking it up. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Don't have you seen anything. any? Have you seen any of the other Sharknados? I have seen 15 minutes or so of the first Sharknado. And <laughs> that's it. Yep. Okay. I said this is the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. I cannot stand this movie. I don't care how funny people think it is or how the premise is just kind of like whatever i just don't need to watch this shit and i'm never going to watch any of them and i have not up until sunday gotcha. when i watched the last sharknado colon it's about time okay so this so, is the second tv movie that's made the list i think yeah it's a movie movie whatever I, it was an hour and a half long accounts right um let me preface this by saying that and i feel like a jackass saying this you really need to know the canon of Sharknado, I think, to truly appreciate this movie. Because there's so many references to the previous Sharknados, mm-hmm. as well as having, I think, every character that's ever been in a Sharknado return in some capacity, mm. that it is it was very difficult to follow what was occurring. Or it's so poorly written and there's no true internal logic to the Sharknado series that I never could have followed it anyway. But regardless, I was confused sometimes during the Sharknado um, movie. So I'm the sorry, f- I'm just glancing, just glancing at the topic sentences of these paragraphs for right. the plot description. And yeah, I can't imagine how you're going to describe this movie. So the first thing that you need to come to accept in order to appreciate The Last Sharknado is that Ian Ziering is your action hero in this movie. He's your main character. And this is not your Ian Ziering of the 90s. This is modern-day, old-ass Ian Ziering. Um, Also need to accept that uh, Judah Friedlander is an action hero as well. Uh, Looking awful rough post-30 Rock days. Um, So rough that when he first appeared on screen, I was like, I know this person from somewhere. Because I had looked nothing up about the movie aside from that it meant the criteria. Um, and it took me like three minutes to figure out like, oh my God, it's Judah Friedlander. Because he is, he is, he has not aged as gracefully as some others. Huh. So the basic premise is that Ian Ziering and his son, who's an actor I don't know, um, have gone back in time to the genesis of the first Sharknado which apparently happened in the Cretaceous period. (laughs) But in returning to the Cretaceous, in going to the Cretaceous period, it turns out that um, Finn, that's Ian Ziering's son, Gil, um, has been lost because he's traveled back in time previously. And 
the time travel logic here is you can only travel back in time once. Like repeated attempts will cause you to like disappear from the timeline. Okay. So Ian's earring lands and sees he like perfectly lands on this cliff and sees the Sharknado coming. Um, and he's got like a stick of some kind. He's gonna fight the Sharknado. Uh, the, and a megalodon comes out of the Sharknado and he makes like a whoop face, like a you know, like he's scared. And Ian Zering's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get you." And then it turns out there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex behind him, and Tyrannosaurus Rex kills a megalodon. Okay, so. Ian Ziering's like, ah, shit. Well, he doesn't say shit because it's made for TV, sci-fi movie. He's like, oh, man. And he just runs and he jumps on the Tyrannosaurus's head and then runs along its back and slides down its tail mm. to get behind him. And he's going to, like, do battle with Tyrannosaurus. But then there's this person up on a cliff wearing, like, a sort of, like, semi, like, plague doctor mask for no reason. And that person jumps down and kills the Tyrannosaurus. And it turns out that this is a person that was previously involved in the Sharknado franchise named Nova, I think. Okay. Um, and he's like, you're dead. And she's like, no, Finn, I traveled back in time just like you. What? And then Jude Freelander comes in Um. And he jumps down and he's got this giant baseball bat for some reason. And Finn's like, but you're dead. And he's like, no, Finn, I travel back in time just like you. And then um, Tara Reed appears and uh -huh. he's like, oh my God, baby, I thought you were dead. You're my wife. And she's like, no, Finn, I travel back in time just like you. But then he's like, don't look in this bag that I have in my hand because you'll freak out. And then all of a sudden something happens and he drops the bag and Tara Reed's head rolls out because apparently in one of the previous Sharknaders, Tara Reed's character was killed, but Finn, Finn recreated her as an android because they were married and he couldn't stand to lose his wife. So he carries her android head in a bag with him because he still loves her so much and nobody's bothered by that so is hold on does the android is it just a disconnected head can the android head talk? Oh, no, it, it can talk and shit okay um it's it interacts with tara reed that's good you know okay. yeah um so they commandeer a pterodon not a pterodactyl because it's got a short tail they make make sure that they talk about this mm -hmm. they commandeer a pterodon that judah friedlander knows how to ride and they fly and they destroy the first Sharknado. And they're like, ah, oh, this is going to save the world. Like, there will be no more Sharknados. Because apparently in the future, there's a plague of Sharknados. Okay. So they do it. And Gil, their son, has given them. Did you ever fly when you were a kid and the pilot would give you, like, those little plastic wings, you know? No. Okay, so basically, like, TSA would give you plastic wings um, if you were a kid for your first flight. Sure. They were just, like, a little pin that you put on. Yeah. So they got this, but this thing is, like, super science, and if they hit enough speed, 
um, they will warp back in time to the future. So they're like, yeah, we did it. So they hit the speed, but they warped Camelot because apparently killing the first Sharknado didn't actually stop the Sharknados, just caused the first Sharknado to be somewhere else. So now they're in Camelot. And, and let me tell you something. I, you know what? I'll get to that later. So Morgan Le Fay is there, played by a man in drag, who I think is from RuPaul's show. Okay. Um, hamming it up. And she captures them, but doesn't really capture them. And they're like, nah, we don't want to be captured. And she's like, bye, and just disappears. So then they go to Camelot, and Neil Tyson DeGrasse is there. And he's Merlin, I think. He's something. He is, he is Merlin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's Neil Merlin. Tyson. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So he's like, oh, the science. Like you're the, you're the family of Gil. Like you guys are royalty because Gil was here before. And he's like, science, science, science. And they're like, we don't need no science, Merlin. We just need to destroy the Sharknado. And you got catapults. So we're going to use your catapults. So then Morgan Le Fay comes back and she's like, bah, we got to destroy the Sharknado because otherwise the world will be destroyed. And they're like, oh, you're up to something. And she's like, no, no, not up to anything. Bye. And then she disappears again. So then. Is that like catchphrase for Morgan Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I assume that I looked this person up briefly. Like that's like a pretty famous like drag actor, actress. Um, and I guess that that's like their, that person's catchphrase. Gotcha um incorporate into the movie i got right. you okay we'll we'll get to more incorporation because there's a lot of incorporation going on um so this person who i don't know is like king arthur's not there the sword in the stone is like this star, like keyblade looking in from like um kingdom hearts looking shit like stuck okay. in the stone nobody can pull it out okay so the Sharknado comes and it kills this woman and she runs up to, oh, because the Pterodon is there. So she's going to get the Pterodon because they just parked the Pterodon in this field. She's going to go get it to help them like kill the Sharknado because they don't want to, they don't do that part for some reason. But then as she's coming, the Sharknado comes and she's like, oh, I never thought I would die like this. And then gets obliterated by a fire breathing shark. Because hmm. for some reason, the sharks can breathe fire, but I don't understand the science <clears throat> behind it enough. To explain that part. It's probably in Sharknado 4. So then Morgan Le Fay shows up again and she's like, no, Finn, you can't pull that sword out of that stone. I need somebody to do that so they can work for me. And he's like, I need this to kill the sharks. So he pulls it out and it's a chainsaw and like on a sword, like it's a chain sword, I guess. Okay. Um, which is supposedly, I guess, a big markout moment because Ian Ziering apparently uses chainsaws to kill sharks throughout the entirety of the franchise but i didn't care i was just like what the fuck is this shit um but i learned later because they go back and they retcon and tell you like oh yeah use the chainsaws all the time um so they start fighting off the sharks morgan lefay gets obliterated um and says i'm melting and like as she gets like hit with the flaming thing um so there's one part where there's like these archers in the woods and Ian Ziering says to one of these guys, and remember this is taking place in like medieval Camelot, right? Sure. Ian Ziering says to one of the guys, hey, Frodo, nice outfit. 
And then as they're getting into this catapult where they're going to get launched because they've beaten the Sharknado, they've killed the Sharknado. They're going to get launched so they can hit the speed required to travel in time, which, you know, no copyright. Um, he says, he says, hey, Frodo, I'm sorry for calling you Frodo. And the guy like is like, yeah, you know, I deserved it kind of. But like, how what? do you know who Frodo is? Right. I know, right? And then, then so, they shoot, and they shoot off at eighty-six miles an hour or something. Right? Yeah, they don't so talk not, about that. They just have to hit. They have to hit optimal speed. So anyway, so I forgot to say this part. So at one point, oh, and I forgot a whole other subplot. So when they teleport to Camelot, Judah Freelander turns into a black woman, and there's like this little bit of dialogue where they're like, "How do you feel there, uh, Matt, or whatever his name is?" And he's like, "Oh, I feel fine." They're like, "Nothing different." He's like, "Why should there be?" And they're like, "Oh no, we'll talk about it later." So he's a black woman for this whole segment of the movie um, because that's just something that happens when you travel through time, you know, just something, so, something the body does when you shake it. Yes. Um, it's turned into like a, a, a sassy black lady. Uh-huh. Um, so they get in the bucket. They're in like, it's, it's, it's like a big cauldron that they put on this catapult and they shoot it up in the air and they're like, oh, we haven't hit optimal speed. And then Neil deGrasse Tyson comes flying on the pterodon and he's like who needs science bitches when you got a dragon and it hits it with its tail and that apparently like causes the extra speed they need so they can warp through time right okay so then they show up in the revolutionary war oh god um, and they land and judah friedlander's judah friedlander again right okay so they land in boston um and s- 1776 i guess mm-hmm. and paul revere is like the british are coming the british are coming and then it cuts to the british like ships in boston harbor um and the british captain is like what's that out in the distance we need to use it to our advantage and it's of course a sharknado right. so then the offspring has come out and play starts playing um periodically throughout like this scene so then Paul Revere is riding back and he's like, the sharks are coming. The sharks are coming. And it cuts to the British Admiral and he's like, Haha, come out and play. And then it continues to play, come out and play. But that line makes no sense and has no bearing on anything. Um, just, you okay. know, the Sharknado is there. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention that early in the movie when they're back in the Cretaceous period, Judah Friedlander says time travel has all kinds of unintended consequences like um turning into a black lady no no no. he doesn't say that part it's even worse than that he says a couple of things whatever like disappearing or changing the timeline or you know ending up in 1955 and trying to avoid making out with your mom at the enchantment under the sea dance so i mean whatever that's fine like that's their back to the future joke right um anyway so then paul revere like whatever the sharks are coming the sharks are coming so our erstwhile group of adventurers they get captured by um the colonial soldiers um who take them to this tent and ben franklin comes out of the tent and he's like hey what are you guys doing so he talks all weird because of course it's ben franklin right okay um and they're like oh we're here to see general george washington we need to defeat the shark sharknado and they're like, oh, I don't know if we can trust you. So they come inside. And I swear to God, the dude that plays Washington is like a Bill Clinton impersonator from the 90s. Like, that's how he talks. It Because it is, isn't it? 
Is it? Who is it? It's Daryl Hammond. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes sense. Yeah. This is how little I was like able to right. follow this movie. So he's like, hey, I'm George. I'm George Washington. Um, you know, don't know if we can trust you, but, you know, I kind of got a good feeling. And then Ben Stein comes in and Ben Stein is Alexander Hamilton. And he's like, hi, um, as much as we appreciate you being here, we think you need to be executed, you know. Um, and then Judah Friedlander's like, oh, my God, can you get me tickets to your show? Do you sing and dance? I've been trying to get tickets for years. So they make a bunch of like Hamilton jokes. Right. Um so then for no reason like they decide to trust him um and they come out of the tent and the sharknado's coming and ian Ziering just takes a rifle from one of the soldiers and hits a shark that's flying at him um and then they use the cannons to like destroy the sharknado okay but here's plot twist um give it to me i can't remember her name anymore lexi or whatever like one of the girls um april nova nova that's it Nova's like, um, uh, that's my grandfather or my great, great, great grandfather over there. I want to talk to him because my grandfather was lost at sea and I want to give him a letter to give to my grandfather to not go to sea. And then Ian Ziering is like, but the only reason that you went, you, 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 you formed the group that was fighting the Sharknados because apparently that was the thing is because you were inspired by your grandfather who died at sea. And she's like, ah, can't you ever let my family have anything nice? <laughs> um, so Judah Friedlander's like, you know what? I'm a history teacher with that. That, that was new information. I didn't know that. Okay. Like I'm a history teacher. I want to stay behind in this historical time, you know, and just live because that's what history is all about is experiencing history as it happens. And they're like, yeah, that's solid logic. Peace. So they leave him back in Revolutionary War times. Um, so then they get out again and they end up in the Wild West um, where D. Snyder is the sheriff. Um, and they end up getting in between D. Snyder and Billy the Kid having a standoff. And Billy the Kid escapes, which is some like catastrophic event that stops Gil when he traveled through time from using Billy the Kid's death to, like, propel himself forward in time again. So, is the joke that D. Snyder is the authority figure, do you think? The joke is that D. Snyder, at some point during his scene, is going to say, I'm not going to take this anymore. And that's the joke. That's the whole reason. That, that ha- well, hold on, I, no, that, that happens? You're yeah, that, making- that, no, 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 that's, that's legitimately the reason why D. Snyder is, um is in this movie but you know you're you're fucking you're fucking like get, getting ahead of all this like crazy stuff that happens oh they're gonna stay in this time period for a while okay so no 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 it's like 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 12 minutes or something i thought this was just a like quick stopover okay um so they realize that so then this other woman i don't know who she is comes back in time somebody else from the fucking um like previous films okay. uh played by vivica a fox Mm. um comes back and um saves him from the sheriff um who is saved by gill before getting sent back to the wild west so it creates a paradox that by her saving them and him saving her with them trying to save him like there's a paradox now okay so they can't they realize like shit we can't do anything else that would interfere with his journey 
to find um, Ian Ziering and uh, Tara Reid because they're his parents. Um, so then they narrowly avoid seeing Gil because he's in the same time and they let him make his leap through the Sharknado. And then they pull Tara Reed's robot head out of the bag and she shoots lasers out of her eyes and destroys the Sharknado. So here's your lasers in a historical setting. Now, is it a real historical setting? Eh, you know, um, but it's still like whatever the wild. Okay, West, uh, just uh, hold off on your notes here real quick. Are you telling me what did you do here? Did you Google laser in historical settings and you came off the Sharknado? It's about time. It was like the third hit, seriously. Because <laughs> otherwise, said, there's. It sounds like this is the only laser. No, no, no. There's more lasers. Oh, okay. She got laser eyes, baby. She's shooting lasers all over the place later. Okay, all right. But it was just, it was. Look, I had to sit through this movie, so don't try and like crap on my research <laughs> before you let me finish talking about this goddamn travesty of of <laughs> fucking film. Um. <laughs> I thought that was the only time, and I and no, I was actually going to be more surprised that if like uh, there was this happened once, and somehow that still came up like as a top result. <clears throat> more lasers. So then they use a train, just like Back to the Future, to travel forth in time again to the 1950s, hmm. where they meet Ian Ziering meets his parents, who are working with his son to create something that they call something i don't know um but that's going to help them beat the sharknadoes um so then gil gets on a surfboard and enters the sharknado to travel in time again and it's never really established why sharknadoes like let you travel in time but they just do so just fucking fucking take it um the least of my questions but yeah go ahead so then, after he jumps in time, the group has this ray gun, which is not a laser, um, okay. that Gil created and gave to his grandparents, and they use it to um, destroy the Sharknado. Okay. So they try to follow Gil to 2013 because they want to stop the Sharknado that was in the first film. Um, but then Nova, the chick that had the great grandfather great 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 grandfather was revolutionary war she sabotages them so they go to 1997 where she can save her grandfather from the shark attack that traumatized her as a child but this is where like finn is like bitch like you never would have fought any sharknadoes if this didn't happen like you can't stop this from happening um so she goes and she rescues her grandfather but then she gets eaten by a shark Okay. Um, and then Tara Reed gets killed again, and the head, robot head, gets dumped in the ocean. Hmm. So then Vivica Fox and uh, Ian Ziering are all bummed out because they're like, "Fuck! Like everything we were trying to do is lost because this this stupid asshole like was trying to change history, but basically like erase herself from history, which is what happened. She right. got eaten by a shark, right? Um." So they make it to the year. They try to go to 2013 to, you know, fight the Sharknado, first Sharknado. But in, instead, they mess up and they put an extra zero in and they go to 20,013. So 20013. <laughs> and okay. Robot Tara Reed has taken over the world. Um, she has armies of wow. clones and flying robot sharks. So she's like, 
my head was found by a fishing boat and she was like you people abandoned me so i spent the next twenty thousand years building this time machine which she used to bring finn into the future so they could be together forever so okay she has carbonite somehow which i don't think is a real thing in real life but she has it because okay. i guess twenty thousand years in the future carbonite's a thing sure um so they freeze sky and then she's like look finn like i make clones of our kids and of nova your friend and you should stay here with me um and he's like nah that's crazy like i'm not gonna do that shit but then you find out that robot april head tara reed revived original dead tara reed to be the genetic clone or genetic like model for all the clones of herself hmm. so she's all of a sudden like getting up and like her and robot april are fighting each other and finn's like ah, and he uses a time machine to reach 2013 where there's another character from some earlier movie that i don't know okay who's on a boat and the first sharknado forms in front of him so he finds out that it was this boat that actually found the robot tara reed's head um and so he is at that moment where she exists and he stops her from becoming evil because he's like i didn't abandon you i'll always love you robot laser eye head air read mm-hmm. um but then his son shows up and his son's like dad i finally made it back to you and he's like son i love you so much what's it we always say and i had no idea what this was <laughs> this was a complete surprise uh-huh. and he's like we always say like semper paternus and finn is like semper fidelis and he's like oh shit dad i can't remember so then you find out that that's really evil robot April head from the future that was morphed into look like her son to trick Finn. So she could bring him back to the future. Hold Um, hold on a second. It's (laughs) the phrase, the phrase uh, that robot head boy, whatever the fuck is going on. is Semper Mm. Paternus. Something like that. I don't remember what the fuck. But it's like, they got the Semper right. (laughs) Maybe it's like Semper Petraeus or something. Is that okay? But I'm saying that they got it close enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she couldn't remember what it was because I guess there's like two phrases. I don't, dude. Again, you need to have like a doctorate in Sharknado lore to understand what's happening in this movie. And I got none of that, and I did no research. So you just gotta, you just gotta live with it. Okay. Um, fuck, I don't remember where I was. So. Evil robot head April is being fought by good robot head April and real April and Finn and the dude that's on the boat. And but they're also trying to fight the first Sharknado. Um so Robot April got to recharge her eye lasers so she can like shoot the sharks out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Um good robot April. Yeah. So then evil when evil robot April, when you see realize that Gil is an evil robot. It like ruins the fabric of reality because of some shit. I don't know. Okay. I mean, you know, you can't ever really deal with real time travel and actually talk about it. So then it creates a time NATO, right? Like this is the important thing um, because time is collapsing. Uh huh. So then there's all these people who are like figures from history. So there's like Cleopatra and Hitler and um, Muhammad Ali and. Uh, and a bunch of other people. There's like some centurion or something who I guess maybe is supposed to be Caesar or something. So they're all like passing through the vortex because time is like falling in on itself. 
So good robot April helps Finn destroy evil robot April. And she's got a nuclear failsafe in her head that he triggers inside the time NATO, which sacrifices themselves and destroys the Sharknado and causes time to stitch back together. So there's one point where they're talking about this and he's like, there's also a point where good robot April's head is inside the mouth of a shark and is using the shark to fly. So there's a CGI Tara Reed head inside a CGI shark that's flying around in the air and shooting lasers at people. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. If you can just appreciate, like, the majesty of that visual, then right. I think you can understand how amazing Sharknado, the last Sharknado is. Right. Um, so all of a sudden now they're in this, like, um, bar uh, that Finn and Tara, that Ian Ziering and Tara Reed own together. Um, and there's no Sharknados, and there's never been any Sharknados. Um, she's pregnant with with Gil. Um, you realize that Vivica Fox is becoming president for some reason. Okay. Um, I don't know. There, there's so many like references here. Like I can't even begin to tell you. Um, so they they they're leaving the bar. And they're selling the bar to Mark McGrath for some reason. I don't understand why. The guy from Sugar Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And they're going to move to Kansas or Kentucky. They're going to move to the Midwest somewhere. And they're like, what are you going to do there? And he's like, oh, you know, I was thinking maybe I would like farm trees. And somebody says, well, I can't see you with a chainsaw. And it's like everybody just like kind of looks at the camera and it's like, right, because I understand that he's used a chainsaw in previous films. Um, and then it cuts to Al Roker um, on television talking about how this is the first day in history that there are no clouds or any kind of precipitation in the country and everywhere is sunny and this occurrence will never happen again. And that's the end of the movie. So listen to this cast, okay? Yeah. Um, I, all the people I mentioned previously, so you know, again, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, Ben Stein, uh, Daryl Hammond, um, D. Snyder. Um, in addition, uh, there is Dexter Holland. Who? Oh, that makes sense now. The Austrian guy. That's why they were playing because he's the British captain. I didn't realize that. Why he, why he says come out and play because oh dear okay. his song okay so they probably got the rights to use a 20 some year old song almost 30 year old song at that point right um to have him say like two lines on a boat let me tell it doesn't even mean anything like the british never come like they're on the boat i don't even know if anything happens to him on the boat i don't remember but they just use it as an excuse to play come out and play during a american revolution scene anyway um Gilbert Gottfried is um a guy. Uh Tori Spelling's in it, Dean McDermott's in it, um, Robbie Rist is in it, uh Bernie Coppel's in it, Latoya Jackson, she's Cleopatra. Oh, there's a really racist thing towards the end where um uh conf- I, I, I'm reading now that it's Confucius. There was no way that you would know that it's Confucius. Mm. Um, where he says, looks like there's big trouble in little China. No reason to say it. It's in the time NATO, but he says it. 
And then he like well, I mean it's James Hong playing it, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. But it's still like there's no Oh, right. Like the only the only reason it's just like have Dexter Holland say come out and play on the, the bat on the deck of his ship. Right. Because right. he's in the offspring. Right. Or to have D Snyder say, I'm not gonna take this anymore. Sure. Because he's the lead singer of Twisted Sister. Um Did Latoya say anything that would I don't remember. I don't think I necessarily knew she was supposed to be Cleopatra at first. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Um, Shad Gaspard, apparently, was Muhammad Ali. So I guess maybe one of his last roles before he died. Yeah, probably. Um, Cato Kalin, but I didn't even recognize him. Oh, it was Julius Caesar. Good job, Frank. Hmm. Um, Yeah, Al Roker. uh, And then Gary Busey is in the bar at the end. And I guess he's from the first movie and Bo Derek, too. And then Mark Mark McGrath, like all these people, I assume were, um, you know, Gary Busey and Bo Derek. His last name is Wexler, so I'm assuming that's April's parents, maybe or something like no, that. No, I don't even know her last name was Wexler. See, you know more than I do, and it's I watch right the whole there in the cast. Right. Yes, yes, but they don't say it. I I I had to experience this movie, right? I wasn't sitting there like pouring over the cast list. <laughs> I want like Mark McGrath pops up and I'm like, what the fuck am I? Why is Mark McGrath there? He's he's the brother-in-law of um Finn in the series, and he was in things two, I two would and know, three. Things I would know if I did any research or watched another Sharknado movie, <laughs> neither of which happened. <laughs> you, I feel you, like you saying I had to watch this movie is like that scene from um Abrasis Brigade about the the girl whose excuses always like I'm I'm I'm. I'm adopted and I'm adopted all the time. <laughs> it's like, I feel like you could use this excuse like forever at this point. It's like, I had this, I, I had to watch Sharknado. It's about time. Colin, it's about time. Sure. The last Sharknado, sorry. Colin, it's about time. Uh, oh, right. So when the Timenado forms and they realize they have to fly into the Timenado to stop it, um, because at this point, uh, Judah Friedlander has come back, I think. Oh. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Somebody's like, it's a time NATO. And they're riding on the back of a mechanical flying shark. And um, uh, Ian Ziering says, let's do the time warp again. Um, so that happens. Oh. Well, that's just a reference for no reason. Right. Um, I'm really wondering about some of these minor characters, like the dude from like Love Boat is like a captain, um, like the charter boat captain and stuff. And like, I I wonder now, like, if you knew who these like p- nobody people were, I bet you there's all kinds of lines. Right, right, right. No, I'm 100 percent sure. And I every character in this movie is in some way related to some previous iteration of Sharknado. And it's like one of those things where you know what it, you know what it felt like. It's like watching Phantasm, but it's all Phantasm 4 over and over and over again. And nothing makes any sense. And Phantasm 5. Yeah, right, 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 right. Oh, whatever. The bad one. The really bad one. Yeah. Uh But there's so many references to everything. But like, like, I haven't seen those movies. Right. Who has seen it? Somebody has seen every Sharknado movie. Oh, absolutely. Lots of people. And God, God bless them. And maybe they're sitting there marking out to like, oh, the references in this movie. Oh my god! Like, 
I can't believe they got Mark McGrath to come back, but like that wasn't me. You know, I wasn't having that reaction. Right. I'm going to read you some more quotes. You ready? Sure. This is Judah Friedlander saying this. And by the way, Finn, I know you've been eaten by a lot of sharks and you survived, but I've actually been eaten and pooped out by a lot of dinosaurs because they couldn't digest me. It's been rough. Then uh, they that's that's a line that said at the beginning of the movie makes no sense. Um, uh, yeah, the amazing thing about time travel: sometimes you're here, sometimes you're there, sometimes you're stuck in 1955, and your mom's trying to make out with you at the enchantment under the sea dance. That happens early in the movie too. Uh. I don't know. None, none of this shit's any good. So I just realized that Mark McGrath's name is Bro- Martin Brody. Um, oh yeah. Like, they, and- they, they don't, they don't say that. So you're doing too much research to know that that thing's true because right, to me, but <laughs> right, it was just Mark McGrath and Gary Busey randomly sitting in a bar. Right. So, and then that made me realize, oh, because I guess I'm stupid. I, I didn't get it. Like his name is Finn. Right, like a shark. Right. right, right, with one end, not two ends. Yes, yes, like a shark. Yes, I didn't even realize the one end until just now. This this movie's got layers, man. <laughs> There's some depth here. Finn Shepard. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> Jesus, man. Right. What did, you, what did you do? I watched it. I don't know. <laughs> You heard what Frankie said? Worst movie he's ever seen. <laughs> oh. I don't even know. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. So what? So what? What did you? What's your? What's your review? What's your takeaway? What's your thoughts? Your feelings? Bear with me as I work through this. <laughs> I feel like I can't adequately judge this movie because you need so much previous information to truly understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the biggest fucking idiot on the planet that I was confounded by a Sharknado movie. And I don't know if, again, I don't know if it's because the movie is truly so bad that it's just like, it's just, I mean, it's literally just setting up scenes so a famous actor can say a line that they're famous for saying and move on to the next scene. Like, it doesn't even matter, you know? Like, I get, right. I, like, you need to watch the Revolutionary War scene, which is on YouTube. There's a, there's a, a video on YouTube that's called The Best Scenes from The Last Sharknado. And it's literally just a 10 minute scene of them in the Revolutionary War with no other scenes or context. And it's not the best, like for real, not. I mean, there right. is, I don't, maybe there's no best. Probably the stuff on the boat is the best. That's where it gets really ridiculous. When he's like, let's, uh, like, when it's like Tara Reed's head is turned into her son. And I don't know, man. It's all fucking nuts. Um, but like, if I had seen the previous five Sharknaders, would I have appreciated it more? Like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. You know, maybe I would have been like, oh, like, that's a cool callback. Or, oh, like, uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. But then also, I think I probably still would have hated it. Um, right. And hated myself even more for watching it. And then hated everything afterwards. Um, 
but knowing that it would be like a good thing to talk about on the spin chagrin because it's such nonsense so yeah um i thought it sounded kind of fun in a really bad way obviously but listening to it was fun yeah so we'll go watch it no no that is not my lot in life right uh so yeah so what do i think of it um it's a lot less egregious than some other stuff i've watched you know i mean for as terrible as it is number one it's pg-13 so they can't really like delve into the worst aspects of like comps like science fiction comedy mm-hmm. um and probably of their own natures like of the writers that probably would have liked to do much worse shit that would be disgusting or something here's this group of actors that's basically stayed together for a decade like making these movies i mean there's something to be said for that maybe a little bit you know like whatever it's fine sure um but it's like an eight on the chagrin scale like it was real hard to watch Hmm. did you find yourself laughing at all (sighs) like at all or is it just like just it was just or watching the french sex murders i legitimately laughed like i had like deep moving emotional laughter you know uh-huh. in this movie it's like paper cut laughter like where it's all on the surface and it just kind of hurts <laughs> um mm-hmm. and no amount of alcohol makes it feel better you know and it's just right. like it's just happening to you and you just got to take it man like it's mm-hmm. just it's it's no good and yeah. but i mean like did a sound that maculated laughter come from my lips like sure but there was no joy in it it's just terrible you know Right. Or me, me looking at Frankie and saying, like, are you fucking watching this? Like, is this happening? And then be like, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. All right. So eight out of ten, huh? Tara Reed, Tell God bless her. her, is abysmal as an mm-hmm. actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ian Ziering at least, like, has some humanity to him. Like, he can deliver a line, you know? Like, he may not be the greatest actor, but he's still an actor. You know, like, he's he's playing his craft. Judah Friedlander is just playing, what's his name, from 30 Rock, but it's fine. Like, you know, it's just his character. He ain't wearing, like, um, you know, he's not, like, being totally gross or anything. Sure. Because he's a hero, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to believe he's an action hero, too. Ridiculous. <laughs> Same with Ian Ziering. The scene where he, like, slides down the back of the Tyrannosaurus is obviously an actual sliding board that he's sliding down where they've green screened the Tyrannosaurus to match the sliding board. Right. A lot of green screen in this movie. Yeah. When Paul Revere is riding through Boston, he rides past a sign that says best buffet. And I didn't know the buffets existed in 1776, you know? So I mean, I I started, then I started thinking like, where did the idea of a buffet come from? They have all this food. It's going to go bad in like 15 minutes. Might as well put it all out to eat it, right? Right. Maybe it was the best buffet. They had their fucking locks and goddamn fucking confit and relish and shit and like corn and stuff. And you just went down the line and took whatever nonsense was going to fit in your mouth. Hmm. It didn't matter because the sharks were coming. Looks like it started sometime in the 1800s. Well, 
hate to I burst your that. bubble, but the Revolutionary War was in the 1700s. So. Oh, is that is that one of was yeah. in the movie? It's 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 Paul Revere riding past. Oh, okay. I just heard buffet. And figured it was back in time. <clears throat> but hey, buddy, there were lasers. It was a yeah. historical setting. Mission accomplished. You got it. Congratulations. I want to get copyright straight. I'll stop. Oh. Nobody's listening for it. Uh, there will be like six people. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and spin the wheel here because I've been like failing on that. If we end up talking about anything else and like making people like listen to any kind of nonsense. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to do that real quick. And. is it jungle antics we didn't do that already no mm. no you just have like four categories that were like all basically the same thing we still have got like lost in the wilderness somewhere in there too so is that my category yeah lost in the wilderness jungle antics and lost in the wilderness is still still on the board all right so jungle antics um yeah, I'm done. I got, I, I got a good idea. So it's got to be in the jungle, and there has to be antics involved. That doesn't seem very hard. Like, it feels like anything that would happen in the jungle would have antics. Maybe anything can be an antic. Right, exactly. Right. So you can just pick anything that takes place in the jungle. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and find something where there's some, like, legit antics, you know? Like, maybe Dean Martin's lost in the jungle, or maybe Pee Wee Herman's in the jungle somewhere. Like, you never know what you might find. I... Frank, that's Dean. Dean Martin is not is not getting any listeners. Do you understand that? Do you understand that you have like the jungle person that is the biggest actor in the world for the past like fifteen years, and it's every movie has a jungle, and it's like we could do that and try to get some goddamn downloads. And it's not Dean Martin. <laughs> I don't know who it could be. <laughs> oh. All right. So, Jungle Antics next week. What do you got going on, Frank? What's going on right now? Anything else? Had a good dinner tonight. Yeah. Went to uh, Woody's Crab House, which is a fixture of Northeast Maryland for the past, well, my entire life. Um, got some crabs, got some shrimp, got some apps, you know. Had probably like two or three too many Jack and Cokes, but fucking delicious. Yeah. Um, it's a good time. What kind of appetizers? Uh, we got the bacon wrapped scallops and shrimp. Uh -huh. um, we got hush puppies. We got an order of fries. Uh, we got bowls of crab bisque. Um, is there anything else? I think that's it. We also got two dozen crab. Let me tell you something. Woody's Crab House charged us $75 a dozen for medium male crabs. That is insane. Hold on a second. You got two dozen. You, you spent $150 on crabs at Woody's? Oh, yeah. I got to live that high life, motherfucker. How? <laughs> it's Woody's. 
I mean, I'm ne- that's, that's not necessarily high life. I mean, so let me say this: there was five of us that went to dinner, all from work. Right. It was a work dinner, so it was expensed. Yeah. So we spent a total of like two hundred and ninety dollars on all of our food together, including multiple drinks and food. You know, the two dozen crabs, a pound of steamed shrimp, all the appetizers. We would have spent had we gone to Steak and Main, which is the other like mainstay. Mm-hmm. dinner spot when we go out to work dinners we would have easily spent like six or seven hundred dollars at that place maybe less than that but with like the amount of drinks we had it would have been pricey so i can cook for only six dollars man. yeah but there are people drinking other shit and it wasn't just me drinking oh, okay i ain't the only goddamn lush in the group you know everybody <laughs> had like their booze my point is that we were really being frugal by spending 75 dollars a dozen on medium male crabs okay because we could have spent so much more on like steaks or you know other kinds of fish or sure yeah the steaks steaks pretty expensive right now so right so in reality we were being responsible i I don't get look you charge the company i don't give a good i i can't believe the crabs are i'm more right 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 blah blah but the crabs were so expensive like i can't believe they were that much money yeah. How, so two things. One, I'm really glad that um, between last Friday and and tonight that uh, uh food is becoming a a theme now. Um, <clears throat> just two. How many days out of the past two weeks have you eaten crabs? Three. Really? That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You don't got a secret. You don't got a secret crab day in there. Yeah, man. I got no secrets. I'd be pimping that shit out telling you guys i'm making orion jealous like look at all these crabs <laughs> i got crab we got crabs with you so we did all you can eat right um me you and frankie my son and then the next saturday uh frankie and i went with orion and we got medium uh, or we got mixed females plus shrimp and that was amazing and the mm-hmm. mixed females were the best crabs i've had in years like seriously for 29 dollars a dozen what the fuck mm-hmm. And then tonight, again, and actually Woody's crabs were really good. Like every single crab was heavy and had good meat in it and yeah. they tasted really good and there wasn't a single wasted crab. But at the same time, like, man, there ain't no need to pay $75 a dozen for medium males. That is three times as much as what they should cost. Right. right. Medium males at bay crawlers are like $22 a dozen or something like that. $25 a dozen, maybe. Steamed and ready just to go. As good? Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it, all, all of our crabs are local Maryland crabs now. They're all delicious. Right. And Woody's was super busy. Bay crawlers ain't never going to be that busy. I ain't going to be around a whole bunch of looking out of towners. That is a problem anymore down there. Yeah. It's always been a problem. <clears throat> It's it's become worse of a problem, I think. Maybe. <clears throat> Ain't no good regardless. Where is my initial spin chagrin list? I gotta find that. What did I say? I have a random note in my phone. Mm-hmm. I just lost it. <laughs> oh, seriously, it's gone. I don't know. It was like post-apocalyptic 
Post-apocalyptic purgatorial samurai acid western. What? Yeah, what do you think that is? Is that the one that you did? I don't know. Six string samurai, you think maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. That was probably it. Yeah. That was probably you like trying to think of how to describe the movie. Pretty sure that's probably that in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, Lost in the Wilderness. Yep. And then Jungle Antics. And you got fucking Jungle Antics. You got there's so so, so much things, so many things with animals. Um animals and 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 green lo- green like uh locations like like things with foliage. out in the outback snakes attack jungle antics mm-hmm. nuns gone wild yeah underground menaces yeah that's still on the list snow capers mm-hmm. <laughs> farmer stories what the fuck is that gonna be i hope we never spin that one <laughs> um one is just called Serial Killer. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's I, I deleted that. Did you? you? Yep, you don't get it. You don't get it. Why? You make me watch. No, it's just a random like. It, it, I deleted a couple of like our categories because I realized like it didn't, it wasn't really, it wouldn't work, and and that's the one of yours that I deleted. It was like it's like it's just so banal. Um, I, was, I was spitballing, baby. It was just, was, it, it just wasn't, it, it's too open and it wasn't like. I was, I was, I was laying in my underpants in my bed, you know, trying one, to. One, one day in November of 2021. All right. So last week you asked me about. um, How many supplemental podcast ideas have you come up with? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think I can move all of them. Um. The throwing off your game? Come on, you did. You I, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You asked me about disappointing TV shows. Mm. So I thought about it over the week. Haven't thought about it since, but it hit me. Um. So first, there is a bunch of TV shows that I like didn't continue with or never watched at all that I know like make a lot of people's lists, or I've heard people that I know talk about how disappointing it is. But so they can't be on like any list that I have because. I don't know about them, but um, so those include like uh, some famous things like Westworld, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Supernatural, and Prison Break, um, which I've heard or read that all of those shows. So, but I they can't be on a list because I don't know anything about them. I know a lot of people will sit there and say that say this about True Detective. So I wanted to. I don't think season two of True Detective is as bad as people say it is. Like it just becomes a mediocre show where the first season is like one of the greatest, like one season, like shows of all time, I think um, for a crime show. So I think that's unfair. Um, same thing with the last season of scrubs on in hindsight, when I tried to rewatch scrubs last year, it just doesn't hold up whatsoever to me. But um, people talk about that last season being a major disappointment. And um, I think that's just dumb. It's the same thing. Other people also mentioned Lost a lot of times as being disappointing after like the first season, and I think that's one of the dumbest things I ever heard. Um, I can see more people being disappointed by the end, honestly, than after the first season. So after I kind of like did got rid of all those, 
my short list ended up being Oz, Gilmore Girls, Heroes, Jessica Jones, and it was really like a toss-up, but I ended up with Roseanne. Oh, Roseanne, that's a good answer. Because mm. Roseanne's quality, like, sinks for years from the first season like it probably goes up a little bit and then like starts sinking slowly and then it just plummets um with that whole like last season of them winning the lottery and shit like that it is like one of the worst season finale like see final seasons of all time um and i loved roseanne growing up um yeah you are a pretty big roseanne mark yeah yeah that's right hmm? <laughs> ain't nothing we- wrong with being a mark we talked about um, Arrested Development a little bit last week, and I think you said it right, and it's why I didn't include it, is because it really just becomes a, a mediocre, sometimes poor show, um, as opposed to, you know, so I don't know if the dip in quality is warrants it. It's pretty disappointing, though. Um, I thought the first season of Damages was really good, and then, like, completely falls off a cliff. Um, I think Veronica Mars' first season is really good, and like it just has diminishing returns every season they do. Like the second season is like has a couple decent things, but it's more to laugh at it. Um, Murder One was a really good first season. It kind of went off a cliff in its second, and then got canceled. Um, I sure this might be controversial. Sherlock, um, I thought had like a really good first season on BBC a mediocre second season and a really just awful third season. Uh, Lock and Key was really disappointing just in general um, on Netflix because it's a really good comic and they just kind of butchered it by like making a CW version of it. Um, And Ugly Betty. I really liked the first season of Ugly Mm. Betty and I thought it like kind of like mostly like, you know, really just like got destroyed after the first season. I'm a big fan of uh, season one Ugly Betty. Yeah. So yeah, that was my my short list there for the top five. But um, but yeah, so I did think about it. I just can't come up with them off the top of my head. That's good. I mean, that's you know, ain't ain't everybody can't be all extemporaneous. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta have planning. Yeah. It's true. What else you got? What else you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Did anybody die this week that we didn't talk about yet? Yeah. Uh, Bill Russell died. Oh, right. Yeah. Bill Russell. That's sad. And Michelle Nichols died. They played yeah. a horror. Yeah. Um, that is Bill Russell. Bill Russell. To, somebody somebody else somebody. died. When I was out to eat the other day, the ESPN was just like all day, just like Bill Russell. Um, it's like all of us on the television the entire time, retrospectives and stuff like that. Uh, it feels like somebody else died that we didn't talk about, like in the past few days. Oh, Tony Dow did die since last week. I think he died the day after after it was falsely reported. That's right. That was last week that we talked about that. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody else died. Feels like there's somebody though. Was it me? 
No, we talked about Paul Servino. Yeah. Uh, did we so talk about Paul Servino? Yeah, we did a little bit. Just briefly. Yeah. Um, I said some shitty shit about Mira Servino, probably. I think you got a little digging, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's yeah. Sal sallow face. That's it. No more. We're getting to an Asia. A lot more people are going to die. Of course. Of yeah. Going to be us. That's yes. Yes. We're going to get the the avian flu that's killing the turkeys or monkeypox or monkeypox is more likely than the avian flu killing the turkeys. Probably. Don't reveal secrets, so buddy. What? It's trade secrets. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um. What it just hasn't. So, oh, I didn't. I really didn't realize that. So this is. I didn't. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe CNN. I'll I'll Google it and see if CNN. Um. Yeah. Or anybody reports it. It's being reported. Oh. Okay. Then but it's, it's also not. Secret, but it's also not like super common knowledge. So you don't want to cause like a premature run on turkeys because then I then I might not get a turkey. What? Well, look. I mean, the to to the. Like, you know, Sharknado might actually draw some views. It's so like to like the 30 people, like, you know, like listening to this, like, you know, uh, is, is that 30, 30 isn't going to keep you from a turkey. So just, you know, no, 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 you, you never played telephone game. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So in your, in your mind, in this scenario, is somebody's going to listen to the podcast and about the last Sharknado, um, mm -hmm. and is going to be like, "Hey, the two guys, two guys said there's there's going to be a run on turkeys come November, and we need to, and they're just going to like pass it along to their friends. That's what's going to happen. Impossible. Okay. Does it seem that far fetched? Not at all. Not right. at all. Exactly." <clears throat> All right. Well, do you have any other homework for me for next week? No, go watch all five Sharknado movies mm. and then just listen to this podcast again and pretend like you're watching the sixth one. Okay. All that's right. Every, that's everyone's homework. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Let's, well, let's blow up the Netflix algorithm by watching all the Sharknados. Are, is that where they're at? Hmm? Oh, really? Well, I don't know. Six is. I didn't look for any other ones, nor do I care to. Nor will I ever. Uh, Sharknado 2 just uh, is on Prime. So there, you know, they must be places. All right. For free. So yeah, it's probably free for most people. All right. Well, Jungle Antics next week. Um, fucking Dean Martin um, and Sammy Davis or somebody and Frank Sinatra probably in a jungle movie, maybe. No, I hope so. Maybe Mark McGrath. Who knows? Oh man, yeah, I gotta, I gotta look at his filmography. <laughs> oh man, I mean, in that, in that brief role, he was scintillating uh, as Martin Brody. Man, that guy's had a lot of work done. All right, Jungle Annex next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Deuces.